how do you want to feel? Like, how do you feel now and how do you want to feel? Because the feeling is the creation. And so if we're relying on, a, on something that we, that we had years ago, and we, let's say we say, no, but back then I felt really confident. It's not the workouts that are going to give you the confidence. It's the feeling of confidence that's going to attune you to a confident vibration. And then when that becomes your point of attraction of confidence, you're going to get more reasons in your life to feel confident. And you're going to go, what? Like, what workouts that I did seven years ago when I ran that PR? Like, that doesn't even matter because I'm confident in who I am and what I'm doing now. And I'm very clear on how I want to move forward. Being able to experience it and practice being present. How do you do that? In the moments that are distressful, in the moments that you're facing adversity, in the moments that the challenge and the um, the experience is, is at a heightened level. That is when you relent, you, 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 you embrace the scenario versus walking away and just saying, I'll, get, I'll do that another day or I'll come back and do that or it's just too challenging. It's the challenge that is actually the, one, the thing that is allowing us to learn and grow and to get more present. Welcome back to the show, you guys. I'm Jess. I'm here with Beach and Clark, of course. This is The O Show. It's February 2022. We got some good topics, I think. Uh, I think. I'm feeling that they're really good topics, juicy topics, things that we're living um, in our training and also in our life and things, themes that we see through the team of athletes that we work with, uh, humans in general. So, you know, we're more similar than we are different, you guys. Like when we really get down to the essence of what we traverse in life, I think that's where we really see evidence of this interconnectedness, um, our human beingness, and perhaps something even beyond our human beingness. So uh, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> what happened? Human being. I can't get human being out of my... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. My old web design client, human being, bean as in a bean. B-E-A-N, yeah. I sold t-shirts with a little bean on it. It was a human. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> they were really cute shirts. They were beans and they were human <laughs> <Right>. beans. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and you weren't a great was, communicator. I was you weren't a really good communicator, a good communicator back then. At all. And so the Don't pick up the phone, email me. That's the best And the way. thing is like the human being guy was super nice, but like you pushed him to the edge. And so and then it was like the human beings <laughs> were like they were a source of major stress in our house. <laughs> Dude, I was on this like smooth professional intro. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Welcome back to the show. We're going we're gonna to start the show. All right. Whew. All right. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, Beach. Uh, it's good to be here again. <laughs> I love these shows. I always get amped for these shows. I do too. And I don't know. I love where they go. We're getting some good feedback on well, them. And, um, you know, like swimming, biking, running, meditating, doing yoga, um, getting in the gap, uh, working, working with our anger and frustration, uh, working with our joy and love. Like, I hope we're sharing it um, openly and honestly here. Tuning into a Bruce Springsteen song last night. To- Do you want to kick it off <laughs> with know. this theme? It seems like kick- you want to kick it no, off. No, we can kick theme. it off with whatever we want, but it's just like... A lot of what we talk about is the things that we talk about. Like we talk about 
things a lot in the car. There's not a lot of house. surface talk in our relationship. It's either deep or we're not talking at all. <laughs> or it's like, please don't talk to me. I need space. Silence. <laughs> You're leaving? Oh, yay. Yay. If one of, us, one of us leaves the house for a prolonged period of time, it's pretty awesome. Mm, I feel like the applause usually comes when from me. When, I'm when like, I leave yes. the house. Yeah. I know. I got to get back in that podcast closet. All right. So we, what do we want to start with? Well, it sounds like we're going to start with the glory days because this is something you've been guilty of, mm-hmm. the glory days. One of the things that we learned in our yoga teacher training is that your mind's not that reliable. It's just not that reliable. It's so not. when you look back on things, and this is where the glory days is, are coming from, it's like what we've realized is that the glory days are not as glorious as you think. And, and this happens a lot with athletes, you guys. Like, well, the last time I was training for this, I was here. And, the, and I want to get back to that because I was so this and that. And it's always interesting when we have been working with the person and we were working with them in that time of the quote unquote glory days. But we remember that the struggles that that person was in are the struggles that they're in now, right? So um, our minds are so funny. Um, They're not as our minds are conditioned. And so the conditioning is what allows them, I guess, allows them to not be so reliable when we look back on things. The condition, yes. Yeah, yes. I follow that. And when I say that you've been guilty of this too, when we first started dating a quarter of a century ago, you used to talk about how buff you were when you were in high school and you were landscaping and your legs were all super big and you were... That you, was the key point right there. Yeah, that your legs My were legs big. My legs really, used to be really big. And you're running and your legs weren't as big. And, and so I... Cooperated, is that a word? The stories that you were telling me with the friend that you used to spend a lot of time with back there. And um, and he said that your glory days were not that glorious. <laughs> Neither was his. That, yeah. Neither was his. Mike, this, your glory days were not that glorious either. I was right with you every step of the way. We were not cool. Um, um, you know, I kind of do this too. Uh, you know, I've been pretty open about just the transformation that I've gone through um, with my mindset. And I think sometimes I, I look back, although I don't look back with regret, sometimes I look back and I will glorify how maybe mean I was or angry I was. And, and so I, I do that. Like when I look back on things and I forget that, like the softness that I experience now or the openness or uh, the receptivity that, you know, I'm, I lean more into now, that was always there too. Like I always had so much love to give, um, but I also had a lot of anger. And I think that, you know, maybe things like that get a little more attention or I don't know, but it's a lot more fun to talk about, you know, how... I was really good at manipulating people. I was really, really good at it. And um, but were you really that good? I, I kind of actually think I was. What do you think? Kind <laughs> of, <laughs> I kind of think I was. Like I kind of always got everything I wanted. Transitioning when we were together, I think you were stepping into the. Oh, maybe this isn't such a good thing. Well, I remember in massage school, I got the award for most likely to manipulate the teacher. So that was like in my early thirties. <laughs> 
That was not high school. That was not the yeah. award in high school. No. But anyway, sometimes I look back and and we're not always seeing the whole picture. So um, yeah. All right, so why my don't I- my legs they were they I keep saying they were big. I was landscaping. I would wear my Spartan high school basketball uh, practice jersey, and I would go landscape every day. And I thought that my legs were really big back then. But uh, I've seen photos during that time, and I've. You've had my friend Mike corroborate the story. <laughs> they were not that much bigger than they are now. <laughs> They're pretty much remain the same. So what is this belief that I have that at one time they were? Better hey. than they are now. Right. And it's just, it's, and, and we talk about this too. I mean, this could be a whole podcast too. It's like, you'll never know why. Like if I keep searching down, like, why did I have this thought? Why did I have this belief? I just need to know why first. And you don't, you don't need to know why. Uh, that's a fruitless journey. You're, n- you're never going to know why or the absolute reason why things are changing all the time. But for some reason, I just had that belief that at that point in time, like my legs were bigger. So what, what, is the, what is the essence of what that means? It means that our memories are really not that accurate, right? And that we can really convince ourselves of a belief and really cling to it. And that can become a story that is then shared with others and then if not corroborated becomes the truth. So an untruth becomes the truth. And so now we're down this path of like, well, BJ used to have big legs when he was, you know, landscaping years ago when that's absolutely false. So I've created this whole thing. Well, and I think it's also, um, it's, which is, it holds you, it holds you in this place of, like smallness, like, well, I'm doing the work now, but I don't have the legs that I used to have, or I'm not as fit as, so my potential is therefore limited. Well, that's that big bag we're dragging with us, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up. Okay. I used to be like big leg. I used to be fast back then. So I'm just going to drag this with me and tell everybody about how I used to be able to do something, right? Uh, it's just, it's, I love that we're onto it. Like I'm, I, I love that we're having this discussion, first of all, but also just to be able to see and laugh at myself that I had this belief and that I'm grateful for you to call me on it and my buddy Mike to corroborate it. I'm a, I'm a truth seeker. <laughs> but this can, <laughs> this expands into many things in our lives, right? Like whatever story we really want to tell ourselves. And we see it mostly, as you, as you said, in athletes that say, you know, for instance, you know, the build up to this race was when I was my strongest and fastest. And these are the exact uh, six months of training that I did that led me into this position. So what I'm going to do is duplicate those same six months of training to get me back to where I was. <laughs> but we forget about all the other things. Like when you were doing that, you didn't have a baby and you weren't married and you didn't have a full time job. You were in school. Um and you had this stressor in your life or, and you lived in uh, a colder climate and now you live in a warmer climate, whatever. So the, the mind forgets all of those things and it's getting hyper focused on just the data, right? If we're looking at the plan and saying like these six months, I need to do it exactly the same. And so I, I, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that that needs to be duplicated. I don't, I believe that those six months got you to that place. And guess what? That also got you to the place you are today. So who you are now. So to go back and repeat that, wouldn't you repeat, be repeating all the history up to this point and right back to where you started? I'm just saying hypothetically. 
So, and I've been guilty of it too. Like looking back at plans and saying, this is the exact workouts I did leading into the race. But I know that we were constantly changing. We're constantly changing beings and everything around <laughs> us is constantly changing. So if we're trying. We're just human beings. Just human beings. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You know, I had a lot of web clients when we <laughs> was in web design. This is a new topic. Web design. No, I'm just, I'm thinking about all the things that we could go off in tangents of all the industries that I worked with that we had opportunities with. Circling back to where we are, um, you know, I've been guilty of it too when I look back at plans and try to duplicate because the mind knows it says like this was successful back then. So why wouldn't it be successful today? And it very well may well be, but I, I think that the percentages are really, really small. I think, as I said, we're constantly changing. Circumstances are changing. Our bodies, fitness, attitudes, energies are always nutrition, uh, relationships, er- jobs, location, geographics. Everything is changing, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also what's coming in for me is like, I think it's a great way to not really look at the truth of where you are now. Right. So it, it's kind of like yeah. a distraction. Well, if I'll just, I can just go back there and then, so it's this, you know, it's that, it's the thing that we're all doing. We're seeking relief. We're seeking relief um, when we're we're in discomfort or we're in pain. We're seeking that relief. And so we're looking at a time that we believe when we reflect on was a time that we were not in pain. But the thing is, is that that's not true because life was still happening back then. And so... Sure. If there's a great workout that you love, um, you know, I used to train with QT too. And I remember I had this great, like, it was called the monster set. And I loved that swim. Um, I think it had paddle. I can't even remember it now, but I loved it. It, it, I felt strong afterwards. And so as I started training with you, like I brought that, I brought that set in and I used to use it. I don't even, I can't even remember it at this point. So there's nothing wrong with that, but we, the acceptance of where we are now and the understanding that, yeah, we are always changing. Everything's always changing. You know, just look at your bank account. You'll see that everything is changing every day. Debits and credits, giving and receiving. This is universal law of circulation. Everything is always moving. And so just be really honest with yourself. Is looking back and revering these glory days a distraction to the work that perhaps could really help move you forward, which is really truth-telling of where you are in this moment and getting very clear on how you want to move forward. And when I say how you want to move forward, I'm not necessarily talking about action. I'm talking about how do you want to feel? Like, how do you feel now and how do you want to feel? Because the feeling is the creation. And so if we're relying on on something that that we... had years ago and we, let's say we say, no, but back then I felt really confident. It's not the workouts that are going to give you the confidence. It's the feeling of confidence that's going to attune you to a confident vibration. And then when that becomes your point of attraction of confidence, you're going to get more reasons in your life to feel confident. And you're going to go, what? Like, what workouts that I did seven years ago when I ran that PR, like that doesn't even matter because I'm confident in who I am and what I'm doing now. And I'm very clear on how I want to move forward. 
So why is why is so if everything's changing, why are we resisting? Why are we resisting change so much? Why are we resisting the the potentiality of who, or pot- possibility, I guess, of who we could become? And instead, we focus on who we were. Why are we so resistant to the? I guess. Well, because who we're going to become is the unknown, and who we were is the known. And so the mind, the conditioned mind will always choose the known over the unknown, even if it causes great pain and suffering, because the known says, Hey, you did it. This is all the known A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's all the known. And this is what that equaled. So just repeat that and then we'll get the same result. But the thing is, that's not going to happen because you're different. You're different now. It doesn't mean that you can't take those things. But if you're looking back on those things as your answer to feel and succeed the way you did back then, that's not the answer. The the, the success and the confidence and how you want to feel is available to you right now. You got to start leaning into it. And in, in to start leaning into it, you got to be aware. You got to be aware of the thoughts that you're indulging. You got to be aware of the words that you're using. You got to be aware of the actions that you're taking. You really got to be aware of how you're feeling. And what are you avoiding? You know, what are you avoiding? Are you, and, and what I mean by that is like, are you truly accepting where you are now? Are you, no. and, and when it's acceptance, it's not like, fine, I accept it. But like, are you fully embracing who you are right now with a, a love that is unconditional? And unconditional love is very accepting. It's not, you know, we think about love, we think about romantic love, we think about conditional love, right? Like, I love you, BJ, until you lie to me. I love you, BJ, until you cheat on me. I love you, BJ, until... That's condition, condition after condition. Yes, that's, I love you until you do this thing that does not go uh, along with Mm -hmm. what I believe that you should be or do. Um, oh, that's a whole, that's a whole, whole um, no, that's just a whole amazing thing about how we come together as couples. Um, and really I think the demise of, of many relationships, there's, there's some goodness in there. Uh, but anyway, so unconditional love is sees everyone is very capable, not very capable as capable, right? I see you as capable BJ. Like that's why, um, you know, and your dark night of the soul, five years ago or so, I just stood by you while you suffered. And it was so painful to do that. But I knew you were capable, right? Like I allowed, if I if I start opening up the cocoon to set you free, you're going to fall to the ground. You're going to, you're not going to make it. You got to have the struggle. You got to have the struggle and the struggle's okay. So wherever you are right now, like this is where you are. And any denial of that or, unex- or non-acceptance of that is basically kind of wishing for another now. And that's just not going to get you anywhere. It's not. It's not. And actually, as you as you're saying that, the 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 dreams or this like uh romanticism of where you were in the past, why would you want to get right back to where you were before? Don't you want to be further along in the process or 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 let's talk about athletes like stronger and faster than you were in that process. So if you're, if you're going back to repeat that same thing, you're, you're, you're limiting yourself to only be as good as you were back then. If history repeats itself. Yeah. And which, which is what we don't want. Well, we've said this before, right? The known is where all your limits are and the unknown is where all your possibilities Possibilities. are. Yeah. But, but it's this, I know we're really diving into this, but it's this, 
it's this. <laughs> well, we're either going to dive in or we're going to be silent. I know. So. Well, let's not talk. <laughs> just going to let it run <laughs> <We're> out. <laughs> it's it, the unknown. The fear of the unknown is just, can be so heavy. Paralyzing. Paralyzing. The f- fear can paralyze you. What was that from? It's from something I used to listen Another to Another one a of lot. your clients. I like that. But it can be so paralyzing where you do exactly what you said as you go back to what's familiar, even if it's uncomfortable. And I believe uh, talking, speaking from personal experience, personal experience is that once you embrace this, it's okay. It's unknown. It's okay. Like I understand I'm opening myself to a lot of possibilities. Once you accept that more often, you choose that more often, you're present more often. Uh, you're using unconditional love more often because you don't have conditions on how things have to be. You start to have this like relaxing of the limits um, that you've created, and now now you're expanding into what is what's actually possible. And I love that because speaking about swimming, you know, we always come back to swimming. I don't know, swimming is this thing that's a reoccurring theme that is. I might really need a day off from swimming. Powerful. <laughs> you, you do need I a day I just off. need a day off. I'm in the fatigue locker right now. <laughs> and it's fine. It's exactly, it's perfect. Like it's perfect level of fatigue. But I need, I need a little rest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not swimming tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not swimming tomorrow. But in, I guess it's any sport that we do intervals and you keep doing interval and interval and interval. And there's a time that comes in your body and you're like, okay, well, that's enough. And then if you're awake to that moment, then you can actually be there and see like, is it something, a pattern that you're creating that this is enough or um, you saw somebody else do this many, so now you're going to stop at this many. And it's really just being there when this intense moment happens so that you can decide to just um, inch your way into the unknown because you don't know what's past this moment. You're feeling discomfort not pain, you're feeling discomfort and you begin to just keep going and see how far you can push that, that limit. For me, that was yesterday, um, that second ride I did where I was just feeling like, like I can do this. I know I can, like, it's a mindset thing. I know I can do this. My legs, yeah, they're tired but I can still turn over the pedals and I'm going to turn over the pedals until I can't turn over the pedals any longer. And that never happens. It never happens. It really doesn't. So when you can, my, my point is like when you can rationalize with yourself, like just push yourself to the point where it's very dummy down into what, what could happen. Like just if you stop pedaling, you stop. But really you, you, you're never going to stop pedaling because it's really just the, it's not the body, it's the mind. If that makes sense. So I've kind of topsy-turvied this, and I know I'm taking it to the a, a little bit of an extreme, but I'm, I've topsy-turvied it to to be a point where I just want to see how far I can go. You know, I'm okay with whatever happens, whatever that means. I'm okay with whatever happens. And that's taken me a long time to get to, and that's my relationship with it right now. But it sort of gives me a sense of ease and um, uh ease and, and, and comfort. It's actually comfortable to just say, I'm handing myself over to this session. I'm just going to keep going until I can't go anymore. Well, you've, I think you've, you have 
I don't know if you've healed or cultivated. Let's go cultivated. Cultivated a relationship with failure. Because that's essentially what you're risking. You're risking failure. Yep. Right? So, um, but we have to have failure because if we don't have failure, how will we ever know success? Contrast. Yeah. Contrast. I think this is actually a really good segue into the next thing we want to talk about, which is Bill, who is um, on Team Yogi Triathlete. He's been with us for, gosh, a few years now. Yeah. yeah. Years now, Bill. And we're finally going to be able to meet him in Mendocino in April. So I'm so excited for that. Um, and just for the record, nobody needs to ask if I'm hugging because I never stopped. <laughs> so watch out, Bill. <laughs> Watch out, Bill. I'm coming for you. Um, Bill wrote a really amazing article called How Not to Quit. And um, it is on LinkedIn. And I'm going to put it a link in the show notes. And it was really thoughtful that he wanted to share that with us for, for, for our reflection and perhaps to share on the O Show. And I think that it's a very important topic to talk about how not to quit. And so he talks about how, you know, it's like, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. But like, nobody teaches you how not to quit. <laughs> the very thing that we and I think like, that talk about all the time. This really resonates with us because we can't, we can't kind of came together on this, like, we got to teach the how. We got to teach the how on training the mind. Because it's more than just pushing through a hard workout, right? Like, because I think when we train the mind in, in that way solely, we're just, we're just flexing the muscle of enduring, which is you're just waiting for something to change. You're just waiting for the finish line. You're waiting for the set. And there's no, there's a lack of embracing the present moment when you're enduring. Now there's a time to endure for sure. So that is not something that I'm negating. That's a really important piece. You know, we're going to go race a 30-mile race or 50-mile race or 140-mile race. Like, there's going to be moments where you're enduring. There's going to be, you are, you're in a human body that is hardwired for safety and comfort. There's going to be a time where you're like, oh, my God, where's the finish line? And the better you are at, um, you know, having that endurance as a backup the less likely you are to quit. And I say backup because there's something much more powerful that I think can be in the forefront, which Bill talks about in this article, which is your ability to be present. And so he reflects on a, um, he tells a great story about um, a swim run event that he, his friend organized and um he lives down in Florida where they're, you know, swimming in the ocean and then they're going to go to an island. They're going to run across the island. They're going to get into another channel. They're going to swim. They're going to run across. It sounds amazing. And something that happens, and, and I don't want to give it away. I want, you, I want you guys to go and read the article. It's really good. And basically the moment where the doubt creeps in and, you know, he's just not in his rhythm anymore. And it's like, you know, quitting is on the, quitting is on the table, Right. Not that he wanted to quit, but in the mind, it's like, you know, you know, at mile 18 of the marathon and Ironman that the, that if you stop, the pain's going to go away. If you quit, that physical pain is going to end. Physical pain. Yeah, physical pain. 
So Bill does something that I have done my whole life, which I have found so effective when I'm trying to either make a decision or in a situation like like this where the mind is screaming like, stop, oh my God, I can't take anymore, is how am I going to feel on the other side? You know, how am I going to feel when I'm at the finish line in my street clothes and all my friends are crossing the finish line? How am I going to feel? What, is, is that going to be painless? Is, is that, and does that type of pain override the physical pain that drove me to quit? You know, um, I think about how I'm going to be on the other end of the decision. And that's something I've done since I was a kid. And it works really well for me. But the piece of the not quitting, which is presence, you know, presence is, it's, it's timeless. It's not past or future. It's right now. It can't be measured. And it's the only place where the ego cannot exist because the ego is, it's our uniqueness. It's, it's the part of us that keeps me separate from you or that I believe that I'm separate from the guy that lives down the street that I've never even met. Like, like, oh, that's my neighbor. That's, it denies our interconnectedness. It's really important because it's our individuality. It makes me me and makes you you. And it makes us the podcasters and people who are listening, the listeners. Because without those roles, this isn't going to work. We need listeners and we need the hosts. We need that. We need the interviewer and the interviewee. But it bases uh, everything on time, past or future. So in the present moment, we're free of that. And it's also our small self, our lower self. The ego is. The ego is, yeah. And, um, but presence is like everything in mental training. We gotta, we gotta practice it all the time because it requires a one pointed focus where you can fully be in the experience of now, independent of the commentary of the mind. Think about that, right? So you're in pure experience independent of the commentary. Notice I say that the commentary doesn't have to stop because it's not going to stop. It's still going to be screaming. But if all your focus is in the experience, you're not even going to be able to hear it. And this is something you need to practice like every day and not just on your meditation cushion throughout the day, being in experience and presence. I've made this quote so many times has been identified as, you know, the essence of the psychology of peak performance in sport. So I would think that that would be of particular interest for athletes to learn how to strengthen their ability to be and to remain present, especially in the face of uh, an experience where quitting's on the table. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think... I think, um, no, back to what he, what his theme was, was like, no one told you how to be present. I think we're, we're on this belief that we'll get present once we are able to stop the thoughts. Like once I'm able to stop thinking and all the catastrophizing of things, once I can do that, then I'll be present. Um, but the actual work is in right now. And this is where people give up way too soon way too early, way too early when they're just getting to the good stuff. Um, 
Because yes, it is hard. If you're not practicing presence, expect it to be hard. Like when you start to... Expect it to be impossible. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. If you can be present once or twice a day (laughs) after listening to this, if you're not someone who's normally present, if you can do it once or twice, that's celebrate that. That's amazing. Um, But you're still going to have this flood of communication going back and forth and mind chatter going on that says you're not good enough. This is not the right time. You got to check your social media. There's tons of other things to do. But this is the very moment and Bill, like Bill talks about the very experience where you, where you're immersed and given this gift of, of practicing it, like being able to experience it and practice being present. How do you do that in the moments that are distressful, in the moments that you're facing adversity, in the moments that the challenge and the, um, the experience is, is at a heightened level. That is when you relent, you, 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 you embrace the scenario versus walking away and just saying, I'll get, I'll do that another day or I'll come back and do that or it's just too challenging. It's the challenge that is actually the one, the thing that is allowing us to learn and grow and to get more present. So for me, that's what I take away from it. Like, you're never going to stop this stuff. I have stuff all the time that's in my head. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one. Um, that is constantly trying to shift and, and move my direction into other ways. It's, but I choose, I choose to shift my awareness away from all that stuff to something that's happening now. Well, and that's it right there. <clears throat> that's the mental training. Those are the reps right there is when you find yourself focusing. So for most people, thoughts and focus, let's say focus and awareness are interchangeable. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts and focus are glued together. Stuck their, together. Yeah. Their whole life, <laughs> like awareness and thoughts, awareness and thoughts, their whole life, the majority of their life, their awareness is on their thought life. Now there are moments a baby is born. Somebody leaves the earth, something really like, whew, startling happens, either positive or negative, those will shock you into presence. A puppy, like those will shock you into presence. (laughs) And, um, but for most people, the identification with the mind is primary for their whole life, right? This is where we get decision fatigue. This is, this literally will drive, make you crazy. So the mental training is pulling the awareness away from the thought life and onto something else. In this case, we're talking about pure experience. So that's the training right there. It's going to go back to the thoughts because that's what we've practiced. Bring it back to something else. Breath, mantra, the physical experience, the feeling you're having, whatever it may be. Anything, anything besides the thoughts. Anything besides the commentary. And it's going to go back and you're going to pull it again. And it's going to go back and you're going to pull it again. And these are the reps every day. This is the training. So when somebody says, I can't meditate because my mind's too busy, it's like, you're not even doing the training because the training is, oh, it's on the thoughts again. Okay, I'm going to put it on the breath. Oh, it's on the thoughts again. Okay, I'm going to put it on the breath. So like you said, they take two, score too early, early and they quit. They quit. They quit on meditation all the time. I see it all the time. Um, very, very, very few people will stay the course. Very few people will stay the course. And, and that is not a, um, like a punch to people. It's just, that's the nature of this world. 
It just is. It's very purposeful. This this earth, this earth is very purposeful. Not many people are talking about like it's like if this is new to you, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my god, like that's that seems so clear. It's because it's it's not talked about enough, right? Because there's only about one percent of the people that are really staying the course, <clears throat> and but everybody will stay the course at some point in their evolution. So. I'm going to leave this earth at some point. And then, you know, it's not like the 1% is going to go down. Like there's going to be somebody else that rises up and says, okay, I'm, I'm awake now and I'm going to live awake. But yeah, that's the, that's the training right there is, is training the awareness to be on something other than the thoughts. And then Bill gives some really good, um, like kind of like steps that he goes through. And it reminds me of like, uh, when we had Lisa Roberts on and she was talking about halt, you know, like, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Am I all of those things, right? Don't make a decision when you're there. And so Bill goes through some of those, like the first one is assess, like, am I in danger? Am I hurt? Right? Like when the mind is saying quit, stop and the pain, he's like, well, hold on a second here. What's the truth? And really in those moments where everything is screaming, stop, or everything is screaming, go back to sleep and don't be awake through this experience in your life. What's the truth? Show me the truth. Like, show me the truth of a situation. And when we're fully present and we're free of the ego, we're free of the small self, you know, as Eckhart Tolle says, like, there's no problems in the now. You have no problems in the now. And if that, and if you're like, that statement is untrue, I challenge you to prove that it is untrue. Yeah. So stop what you're doing right now and just take a, take a breath. Was there any problem right there? Was there any problem? But you don't understand, BJ. I got to pay this bill today and I don't know where I'm going to get the money. That's in the future. Yeah, and anything can happen in an instant. <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so check it out. It's really it's a great article, super well written, which I appreciate, and um, I like his techniques. And the thing is, is that the solution is so simple. I'm not saying it's easy. It's simple, but the mind is very complicated. So we're taking something really simple. And we're putting it into a complicated organism. So we got to remember that we got to really imprint this, that the, the, the solution <laughs> is simple. It's not fancy. Just like the work that it takes to achieve a physical goal, athletic goal, the work is very simple. Everybody that we've interviewed, professional athlete, coach, in, in this environment, it's very simple. They just do simple things over and over again. Mm -hmm. There isn't like this secret workout or secret, you know, uh, hydration drink that you take in that's automatically going to change things. It's very simple. It's very. Although I would methodical. probably order that if they had it. Oh yeah, I think. <laughs> well, would, I just everybody, just on the days where I'm everybody. like, you know what, universe, like, I just don't want to learn anything new today. Just give me the drink that's going to. Let me run a six-minute mile, and I won't use it every day. But, then but it's you not take, run, about but, running the six-minute But then mile. you take a drink, and then you're like, well, I'll just use it again tomorrow, and <laughs> I'll use it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's How good. How not to quit. Yeah, it's good. And, oh, and the other thing that I really like, it is on LinkedIn, is he then um, basically – 
translates it to business. And that really hit home for me when I think about how we stayed the course with Yogi Triathlete when everything said, you guys are stupid idiots. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are stupid idiots. Nobody wants to hear what you're saying. Nobody wants to sit still. Nobody wants to do your yoga flow. Nobody wants to breathe. Nobody wants to coach with you. Nobody wants to eat your recipes. And we were like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, nobody wants to eat your recipes. Nobody cares that you, they don't want all the copies of the keys of the kingdom that you've made and you thought you were going to hand them out to everybody. Nobody wants this. And we were like, Okay. No, we need to, we need to stay the course, you know, and, and that's one thing I remember in yoga teacher training, Philip was talking about how when you first, when you first go out and you're going to start teaching, he was like, you're going to teach like me, like you're going to emulate me. It's just what you're going to do. I'm your teacher. This is what you're going to do. Um, he said, but eventually you got to shake that off and you got to, and you'll find your voice because you're not me and your students are not my students and your students are waiting for you. They are waiting for you to be more of who you are. And in that time when everything said, you guys are stupid idiots for continuing because you're running out of money and there's zero response, we took that time to say, okay, we're moving into more of who we are. We have to be more of who we are. We've got to lean into more of who we are. We're going to trust that the money's not going to run out because we still have food in the refrigerator. What's the truth of this moment? We have a roof over our heads. We're healthy. I just went out for a run along the Pacific Ocean. Like, we have no problems right now. Yeah, it's, you know, the big picture is a little dicey, but in our hearts, we knew we had to stay the course. And that time was us leaning into who we we were. And we needed to learn an extraordinary lesson in humility, which is what what we learned. And I think that it allowed us to drop a lot of ego and, you know, be confident enough to say, hey, listen, we're not trying to sell you a program here that you're going to have to be on for the rest of your life. What we're telling you is that you have everything you need inside of you right now. Right now, you have everything, and we can help guide you towards that every day. So I love that. That really hit home with me because we did stay the course. And Oh, because it's so easy to you know, get, get all caught up in like, well, these people aren't coming and these people aren't coming, but you know, they're still in this environment. Like, why aren't they coming? And it's, a, it's kind of like put you a little bit at ease that says, well, the alignment isn't there. They're yeah, not your they're people. They're not my students. And that's totally cool. That's totally fine. That's mm-hmm. great. And there's that, somebody's it's kind of students. like a relief. Like, it's like, oh, great. I don't have to work so hard. And when I'll speak for me, when we started, when I started to do that, it was like, well, then the people started to come in that, that were aligned with what you and I were focusing on and sharing with people. Like, and it's simply just what we lived. We were just sharing how we lived, we, the work that we were doing on ourselves. And then people were like, okay, well, I want some of that. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. But you got to be patient and you got to release this must be, you know, it must be a certain way and, and getting caught up in, in why not, right? Back to what I was saying. It doesn't matter why not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And not taking score too soon, you know? And Definitely not taking score Bill too soon. Bill talks about that in this article. Like, you know, you're in a bit, you're in a presentation with a prospective client. And I mean, this is so teaching yoga, right? Or so like coaching camp. And you're looking across the table and they're just like, 
you know, it's like dead stare or they're frowning and like, don't give up on your hard work. Don't give up on your presentation. Follow up after the meeting. Like, don't like anything can happen. Anything can happen. The, you know, and the things that you think you have in the bag. And we've seen this so many times, like athletes email us and they're like, I'm ready. Like I'm all in, I'm going to join the team. And if you cling too much to that, like, or you go, oh my God, this is great. This is, oh, I can't wait. And how many times they haven't come, right? And then, but if you cling too much, then you're like, well, what did I do wrong? What? And so like anything can happen. The things that you think you have in the bag, you don't necessarily have in the bag, right? Like, and the things that you don't think you have in the bag, like you just wait, you could be pleasantly surprised at the outcome. So yeah. stay right. present, like stay in the present moment and do the work. Let your yes be yes. Like you sign up for the event. My God, please train for the event and show up for the event. <laughs> please Sh train for the event. You sign up for the event, train for the event, show up for the event. Like let your yes be yes. Because you've got some basic laws of science here that say cause and effect. And if we're giving up on things, we're not showing up for the work. We're not doing what we say we're going to do. We're, those boom, boomerangs are going to come back and it's going to get easier and easier and easier for us to quit and not show up. And that's going to lead to misery. Eventually you'll wake up, but you can do it with a lot less misery. Yeah. And sooner. Much yeah. quicker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, I want to switch topics here. Final topic. I want to talk about, um, this is kind of cool. I like how this has manifested. We have like, I don't even know, like 13 or something athletes that are now running the Mendocino Ultramarathon. And a lot of those are also triathletes that are training for 70.3 Oceanside, 70.3 Texas. Ironmans. Ironman, St. George. So here we are, like you've got, and so Mendo is in April and now here you are. I feel like I'm partially responsible for this. Um, here you are, you've got, I've now become back into becoming a, I'm a triathlete training like a triathlete now, but also training for Mendo. So how are you titrating this, like this load of work? And you're one of the athletes, you're doing Oceanside, you're doing Mendo, and then you're doing Ironman St. George. Yeah, in a matter of how is a month. It, how is it possible? A little over a month. That you that we can be successful at this. Well, first off, it's the consistency. You got to be consistently building and trusting that everything you're doing is is moving you closer to that that goal. And looking at you guys in the poll today it was really cool. Like all four, all five of us were doing some races coming up, some triathlons, but we're all doing Mendocino. Like yeah, us, so we had five triathletes all training for an ultramarathon. All doing 4K in the pool today, 4,000 yards. I love it. There was a little bit of a group text. And so <laughs> we didn't even get a picture or whatever. And uh, Laura said that she blacked out. She's like, I, I don't know. I blacked out at the end. Yeah, she was like, what just happened? Or was that Daniel? was like, what just happened? It was definitely a what just happened swim. I it was, a, it was, it was a hefty load. It was good. It was good. It was a good load to put on um, our body. So to your question, okay, so you want to merge the sports of ultra running and triathlon. And <laughs> we talked to Lisa Roberts about this too, because she's doing it. She's going from triathlon to, to ultra running. But 
uh, I, I think, um, and this is what I come up a lot against is, is people who have done, you know, ultras before they're like, well, I was running this huge volume. I was getting like a ton of, you know, big hours in and big miles in on my legs. But when you begin to merge the two together, uh, you're doing other things in triathlon. So you're doing, you're doing most likely two sessions a day. Most likely. Definitely one every day. Most often two sessions a day. So how do you, how do you balance that, um, that belief that, you know, what we were talking about before, like I ran all these miles and now I'm not running as many miles, but I've actually added swimming and cycling and in yoga, if they're working with us, uh, to the, to the training plan. Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a healthy thing. I think it's, uh, allowing the body to, um, stay healthy and do cross training and to build fitness and speed in other ways than just the hard pounding of, um, of your legs on the trails and roads. So I think I was explaining to you, like, you know, maybe if you ran, you know, six or seven days before and the weekends were like five and six hour back to back runs. Now you've got to incorporate cycling and swimming into the program. Swimming, beautiful, beautiful place to add recovery. Uh, also a beautiful place to add intensity and get that upper aerobic or anaerobic system like charged, low impact on the body. Um, you really can become like a diesel engine. Uh, when you, when you begin to really, uh, add lots of swimming to your program. I love it too, because of, you know, flexibility, of the ankles, when you use fins, the, um, the compression of the water, it's great for recovery. Um, and then cycling, like really good place to build strength hills, you know, hills or big gear work and, and not the pounding that running is going to put on the legs. So if you can get in some, some elevation rides on the bike, great, great opportunity to, to stay healthy, right? Not, not get as many niggles as you may have gotten when you boosted up your running volume too quickly. And then I, and then add the, the runs, you know, add a two or three hour run, maybe a four hour run, uh, and do plenty of walking and get on the trails. Like no, cause nothing's going to replace that. Like pounding, no, like you got to pound, you definitely got to get on the trails. You got to do the ups, you got to do the downs. And tax your legs. Um, but the supplemental stuff that you're getting from the cycling and swimming is probably where a, a regular ultra runner would just be putting in easy days, uh, out there on the, on, on the road or trails. Yeah. I mean, I, my weekly mileage right now is for running is about 30 miles and then I'm walking probably an additional, I think I was additional 10 miles last week. So about mm -hmm. 40 miles. Um, but in the past, my running mileage had been more like fifties and when I was not training for triathlon too. And now admittedly my bike has gone way down because my swim has gone way up. Like I'm swimming last week, I swam over 12,000 yards. So I'm swimming a lot more, but like today I think was the perfect example. So I'm definitely in the fatigue locker right now. Like my body is fatigued. I'm carrying a 
a big workload right now. Um, thank God for presence, or I was saying that today in, in the, as we were soaking in the hot tub. Like, thank God for presence because um, without it, I'd be super overwhelmed with everything that's on my plate. But um, but I'm not. I'm not overwhelmed at all. But there is still like there's that psyche. Like I'm I'm holding all of that. Like okay, I got to get this done, this done, creating this you know new program, things like that. Um. And so last night I went out for a run and it was like, it was my 100% my mind. What? It was probably the worst, not the worst. It's probably the most challenged I've seen you in wanting to get out the door. Fatigued. Which isn't really, rarely if it ever happens. I was so, the physical, my physical body, not me, my physical body, this house that I live in was so fatigued last night. And I went out and run, ran and it was so funny because I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but like I started running and I was almost like pissed because I felt fine. Like I was tired, but there's nothing in my body that hurts. And then, um, then this morning did a track workout or not track workout, treadmill workout with, I don't even know. What was that treadmill? It was like six intervals. Times, Is it six intervals? Times three minutes. Yeah. Okay. And one and a half off. Yeah. And so I did that. And then, then I crank up the elevation on the treadmill after the run. And then I walk like, you know, going at an incline. And then, so then I'm like, got into the car. I almost felt like I had had a couple beers. Like my whole body was numb. (laughs) That's the only way I can describe it. And then I got in the pool for a 4K set. But how amazing to... Uh, this is the word I used in the car, like to safely dig myself deeper into this hole of fatigue through with this 4K swim. Like that was amazing. So I wasn't pounding the body, but I'm still putting on a load on the body. And then I'm going to recover tomorrow. And I know I'm going to bounce pretty, pretty yeah. quick. First thing is you didn't know you were getting 4K today in the pool, right? You had no idea. You knew you were getting in the pool but you really didn't know how much or what the set was or anything. No, like because that. past experience says we swim until twelve. Yeah, but we swam past that. Yeah. Well, we entered the pool at ten forty, ten forty five. So it was. Yeah, late. remind me to never choose lanes that you don't get booted out of because Masters comes in at right. Noon. I, was I was like, like we are so screwed because it's noon and he's not stopping and we're not getting booted. Yeah, from Laura the lanes. took her cap off and you were like, I know. I was like, let's take a tubby. I'm like, no, we're not done yet. You can be done, but we're not done yet. <laughs> the other thing was, this is this is what I love about our relationship as coach-athlete and husband-wife and partners and soulmates is that I know all this chatter that you had yesterday about being fatigued. And I'm here. I know we were on the, I, I can see that we were on the, we're coming on to this break so that you can absorb the fitness. But I knew yesterday, last night's workout and today's workouts were important because it was pushing I know your personality. I know this is just chatter. And I know when you get to the other side of this, you're going to, you're going to be extremely grateful that you did keep going, um, through that. And it was just, it's just right. It was just the mind chatter. It was just temporary. Yeah. You were healthy, but you just didn't feel like maybe doing it at that time, especially at night, but you did it. And I knew that if you got to this point, this is where now you're going to get even a bigger bang. Totally. Um, and I'm fitness. all for the big bang. Like I'm, I have no plans of going to Mendoza, Mendocino, Mendocino. And like my plan at Mendocino is to have a personal best. 
You know, I want, I broke seven hours last year and now I want to break that time. Like I want to do really, I love to race. I love to be competitive. And so you better believe that's always in my mind. Like last night, I'm like, this is, this is the difference. This is, this is, this is what makes the difference. This three mile run, which included six hill repeats, by the way, um, up a long hill in the lagoon. But I felt fine. I felt actually really good. Um, It was only three miles, but I was like that. And within that three miles were these, you know, six hill repeats. But, um, but I was like, this is where the difference is made. This is it. This is your, this is your Mendo PR right here, right here. This is merging your yes with action. So this is moving belief and desire, belief and desire. Your belief and is that you're going to have a PR. And your desire was tested last night. Do I go out for this one? Go out for the run. That is where the magic, that's like the, the moment right there where you choose to keep going. Now in the brain, whether you believed it or not, just got, you know, a few, you know, bicep curls that said, I'm moving and doing everything I can to give me my best PR performance come Mendocino. So in Mendocino, when you're on the headlands and you've got three miles left and the wind is blowing <laughs> and you look at your watch and you're like, oh, well, I'm actually really close. Pull upon that moment when you committed to yourself and your belief that you can achieve a PR uh, at Mendocino, your fastest time. And you'll be able to surge. It doesn't matter what fitness you have at that point or how fatigued you are. Your mind will say, I'm going to run these three miles the fastest I can to get that goal achieved. But it starts with what you did last night. Oh, well, it started huge. a long time ago, but yeah, like last night and then backing it up this morning with that workout, you know, getting up at five, getting my meditation practice in, um, hitting the treadmill and not half assing it, but like full on doing it. And then showing up in the pool and thought we were going for a tubby. And then I realized that we still had like, I don't even know, like another, like I had a, it was more. It was like, I had like. You did 825s. We did 16. Oh, that's because you're faster. <laughs> Plus I did, I was like, took my snorkel off. I was like, that's good. I'm good. And then, yeah. Anyway, but that's where the difference is made, you know, and, um, and I, I find great joy in showing up for myself and, and being very clear on what I love. And I love to race and I love to race well for me, you know, relative to me. And I will love to leave it all out there. And, and I love that. And, I, and so I, I, that's always, that's always driving me every day to, you know, give my best, train the mind, train the body. And to wrap up the ultra runners and, and triathlon, the merging of those two, those two uh, communities, I think, uh, or the training, I think it's it's really a good place to 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 set up shop, set your temp- tent up in. Really good place to, to space to play in both both arenas because um, you can get really durable and and doing it without running with heavy heavy miles on your legs. Uh, a lot can be done in cycling and swimming. Yeah. So we're going to continue to explore that. And we've got um, a whole team of athletes who are dabbling in both. I think half our team does both. Yeah. I love that. That's so awesome. 
That's so awesome. It's so fun. I love I it. I think it's, yeah, it's, I've really embraced the trails and getting out there and, and, you know, last Friday we went out and kind of got lost a little bit in the hour and a half turned into two hours and 15 minutes with some extra climbing. And it was just like, just keep release to trail. It's just trail running. Just we're going to release. Yeah. But don't think that because we're doing a seven mile run that it's going to be the pace that you're doing on, on the road. It's always longer. No, no, no. Pacing. Yeah. It doesn't No, But it was the time. It was the length of, of the, of the experience. Yeah, there was a lot of pivoting. Yeah. Pivoting. There's some construction on the trails. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. Great. Today. That was good. I like that conversation. Yeah, if you if you're what was the first topic we talked about? Human being. Oh no. No. Glory days. Glory days. We put on Bruce Springsteen last night to play Glory Days. His, and he's talking like he's talking about he's, like high everything school about it, yeah. and I used to see that a lot with massage clients. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I was like crushing it as quarterback and I was like, yeah, but dude, you're like 35, you got three kids now, you're working your, you know, your fingers to the bone, like you're, and you haven't exercised in seven years. So yeah, your, your back's going to be sore. Like, you know, it's so, we all do it. We all do it. We all do it. But you got to be onto yourself doing it and, and think about how many, that may be just a sports story, but how much other stuff are you bringing around with you? Um, I, I found I was bringing a ton of stuff. Uh, with me, and specifically the, you know, the big legs, of the landscaper, <laughs> yeah, or lack thereof, <laughs> lack thereof. All That's right, true. let us uh, let us know if you have any questions or topics you want us to dive into. Anything that left you wanting more from today? Let us know. I don't know how we can support you. 